Mastering social media for schools. Always so important. And we have the master with us today. And here we go. Be sure to visit soundmind.app, peachjar.com, and nickelstrategies.com. Advocating for public education, sharing our stories, and celebrating our schools, students, and staff. From crisis communications to media relations, social media, and everything in between, we're here to give you the best strategies, tools, and techniques to help you help others. Welcome to the School PR Podcast, brought to you by Peach Jar, Sound Mind, and Nickel Strategies. Here's your hosts, Matthew Jennings and Ryan Ferran. Oh, welcome back to the podcast. Thrilled to have you. And we do have the master with us. Matthew, I am not talking about you, but you are a master. Master oh, man. so much. I will be the first to admit we are so lucky to have our guest on today for absolute sure. No contest. How excited are you for this one? Pretty excited, to be honest. Yeah, me too. This is going to be a good one. Andrea Gribble from uh, Social Media for Schools and new author. Congratulations, first and foremost. Thank you so much. And Ryan, just so you know, you just proved that my the name of my business is yes. Tops. Okay? So it's Social School for EDU. Yes, yes. But you said social media for schools, which is which is accurate as well. Um, but yeah, I am so pumped to be here. Um, it's it's gonna be a great time. Isn't that the name of the book? The name of the book is Social Media for Schools. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to sell some copies here. Okay, oh, good job. Good job. Good, job. good recovery. Good recovery. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I was looking at some stuff before we came on, though, and I felt like, uh, did your podcast name change, or has that always been the same? My podcast is called Mastering Social Media for Schools, although I wouldn't call myself the master. I'm just trying to help everybody else master it. And I've learned so much from like both of you uh, with what you guys are doing also with social media. It's It's been fun. And we just recently uh, celebrated School Communicators Day. And I mean, I just feel so grateful to be connected with so many amazing storytellers across the country. Well, we'll send you the invoice and you can send us some uh, residuals <laughs> from the book. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. No, we all learned so much from you and uh, you have a business and everything, but you're always so willing to give free content and help people. And you're, you're always answering on social media and the big national group, uh, school communicator group. You're always very generous with your insights and information. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's fantastic. So anything we could do to help pay back on behalf of the school PR community, we are glad to do so. Thank you. So let's uh, talk about, I, you know what you just mentioned, which is interesting, which is we could probably do a whole podcast on this, but you know, it's a little bit touchy with some people, myself included, is National School Communicators Day. Oh, come on. Let's go. I, let's start. I, let's do it. I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. Actually, I do know how I feel about it. Um, how, do you feel? how do you feel, Mr. I did, I did like Peach Jar's post. That was very nice. But I think it's a little narcissistic to be celebrating ourselves. Um, I understand the philosophy and help them grow the field. But the field has grown itself. And just to kind of do a day for yourself is I don't like that tactic at all. Somebody oh. else wants to celebrate you. That's great. But I, you I feel that way because you hold the keys to your accounts. 
it's just like teacher appreciation day and administrators day and principals day and best bus driver day and nutrition services day. It's all, it's like, just like all the other days. And you only feel that way because you hold the keys to the accounts that would actually have to advertise the fact that you have a day. Agreed. No less valuable. It's such a huge thing. And, and the, the roles and responsibilities that we fill in, in this position in districts and schools around the country often go unnoticed in so many ways. And we are the unsung heroes and the fabric that keeps the culture together. And, you know, I, I just feel like with the weight of the responsibilities of, of the positions we serve, it, it's, it, it's absolutely valuable to have that. Do we, do you think, let me speak for my people who are with me and not celebrating this. Do you think we need one more day for recognition? We're in the middle of award season, as I call it, with every recognition ever. You think we want another day? You listed like a fraction of the 90 days we now have to celebrate. There's a new, there's a new day every other, you know, it's like, it's becoming too much. And then to be like so egotistical to have another day where we're just promoting ourselves. And I know, I know Andrea's on your side. So Andrea, go ahead. Well, I am. <laughs> however, Ryan, I do agree with you because it is really hard to keep up with all of the celebration days. So let me tell you what we're doing. We, my company does social media for 87 school districts. Okay, can you imagine 87 different school districts not knowing on any given day, are they gonna celebrate this day or not? We're trying to get ahead of it this summer and we're actually gonna create a little document that has all the days and it's like, how, do you want the school to recognize this on social media, yes or no? And if it's yes, do you want us to use a generic like little graphic that says happy communicators day or you know happy nurses day or are you going to provide something that shows that you're actually celebrating that at your school which by the way is going to get you more engagement than just a generic graphic so i you know i think if you are truly celebrating your school all the time you can worry less about these specific days and people won't feel left out because you can preemptively tell your staff, hey, there's a lot of these days and you might see these things recognized. Our efforts are to celebrate you all the time with daily celebrations of the great things happening in this school. And you know, maybe that's a conversation now that we're getting into the summer that could help you out a lot. Now it won't, you know, stop somebody from sending you a picture of the custodian on National Custodians Day and then be like, hey, we said we weren't going to do this. And, you know, there's boundaries and there's, yeah. you know, back and forth communication as always. But it might be something worth thinking about for this summer. I will say yeah. that uh, Inspira also has a calendar, um, you know, that you can buy. I forgot how much it is. I can't find it on their website right now, but they put out a calendar each year that has all the special days on it. So if you're one of those people like me, was really hard to keep track of all those days. That's a good resource for you. To Ryan's point though, I will say I never posted School Communicators Day on any of my school district feeds. Oh, yeah, yeah. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Comes clean, comes clean. Look, we're all a little bit narcissistic <laughs> in this field. So us to do that even more, it's like, I don't, it just feels weird. And then can, for the love of God, can we get a consensus on some of these days? The teacher, the National Teacher Day, uh, the California Day of the Teacher, Teacher Appreciation Week, like, and that's what drives people crazy. And then it's like, are we just spending 
a third of our school calendar celebrating i mean there's 90 days now that's it's just absurd you know it's like the food industry with you know it's national donut day it's national danish day now it's national jelly with a you know it's like oh my god people come on enough <laughs> anyway that was a long tangent and i apologize to both of you but there is I, I remember actually you know what's funny the thread from last year in the national facebook group came back up again and i thought it was this year because somebody commented again and so i was going through the comments and i was about to comment like, oh i already commented on this but to my defense there was a lot of fellow people that were like no i'm not celebrating this um, it just feels, Matthew's right though. It feels weird because it's you, it's you know, if, if you're asking me to celebrate teachers or bus drivers, absolutely. I love to do that. But when it's you, it's like, I'm the one doing this. So it, that's the awkward part, I think for people. So, uh, you know, that, that's just the struggle I think people have. One extra point though. Think of how you feel, Ryan, about that, this whole thing, put your, put your perspective, that, that thought process into a teacher. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the teachers feel like I don't deserve to be celebrated. I'm doing my job. I'm not doing anything great. And uh, that's why when we're talking about social media, we talk about getting people involved from your school to help tell your story. Sometimes they can't see it either because it's, it's maybe talking about themselves. So mm -hmm. maybe you flip it and you talk a little bit about, well, how about what are other staff doing? that are, that's awesome. Mm, what yeah. are your students doing? That's amazing. So we really have to listen and learn from this own self-reflection of, okay, how do we get more staff members involved in sharing these awesome stories? Maybe it's not, what are you doing? That's awesome. Maybe it's, what are your students doing that are awesome? Or what are other, you know, staff members, teachers, support staff, bus drivers, what are they doing? make sure to send that stuff into me so that we can get those stories out to the rest of the world. I like that. That's, that's a great way to frame it. Cause you do have like board members, PTA, and we have, you know, 20 something interns that are doing a ton of great communication. So maybe yeah. celebrating them. I like that. So now you're softening me. And I told you, Matthew, we shouldn't have her on. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like my husband, you know, where it's just like, I tell some people that I can be wrong, but not my husband because yeah. <laughs> we have some pretty good debate. So you should feel sorry for him uh, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I love it. No, it makes sense, but it, it is because you're right. We do the same thing when people, you're right. Teachers don't like to be celebrated, but we're like, no, come on. This is good for the profession. And so, so that is a good angle, but there is that awkwardness of it. So, all right. You softened me a little bit. Usually <laughs> yes. people, don't, people don't do that. It's still awkward. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. But, but no less important. I, I did like Peace Jar's video. Probably because I'm a narcissist and I was in it, so that's why I <laughs> like it. You were, yeah. I tried <laughs> to grab as many people as I could, and the messaging in there is absolutely. Um, I don't know. It was really important to me to get that right because the job is so critical. So uh, that's really good. And then you know, on the Peace Jar note, we send out a monthly blog too to our Peace Jar districts that um, contains important days that are coming up that month, and then also just silly days too. And like. Andrea's got a really phenomenal resource. I'm sure it'll come up here today about just a hundred ideas like for social media and different things like that. And so uh, in the blog that we put out each month, we try to pull out some silly days, like maybe it's National Pencil Day. And we try to put that in there. So if you don't know what to do on that day on social media, man, just put a silly camera graphic together about, I don't know, it's National Pencil Day or something, you know, <laughs> we can talk about that. But, but to the point of that, Andrea's got a really fantastic resource that I'm sure we'll talk about today on that. Yeah, and I, I guess the final point on this is what Matthew, you just said. I tried to include everyone in the video. 
that's the problem. It's you can't. And so there's going to be a day you forget somebody's going to be upset. And so it's like, oh, that I think that's the frustrating part, too. It's like there's so many days we can't keep track and we, you're trying to be equitable, but it's just a monumental task. But we know that what can help you with that. And that is this great new book, Social Media for School. So, Andrew, what is kind of how did this come to fruition? This is super impressive that you did this because you have a ton of knowledge. It's probably um, many years in the works, but it's a great idea to put all of the the best of the best information you have into one cohesive publication. So how did it come to be? Well, I was a little bit crazy and decided that, <laughs> to take on this project, but um, I've been doing social media for schools every day since 2014. And I have learned a ton. And I, over the years, I have tried to share what I'm learning because when I started, I knew nothing. Every mistake you could make, I've probably made it four times, right? Like when you are in the trenches, and by the way, I still do social media every day for little New Auburn in Wisconsin, uh, only 300 students K through 12, but we're reaching thousands of people with these celebratory posts. And, you know, today I got to share a picture of, you know, some softball players and, and uh, uh, staff recognition. And this evening, our ceramics two class got made like bowls for the feed my people. They do a bowl anyway. So wow. it's so super cool. Like I love what I do and I love to share. Now I do a lot of speaking. I, I have a weekly podcast like you talked about. I, I do blogs. I've, I've probably written about 400 articles on just social media and schools and what works and what doesn't work. So I love to share what I've learned, right? And, and I do that through all of those ways, blogs and podcasts and things. Now, if I were to deliver one blog or one podcast or one webinar training, there is no way that I can capture all of the best strategies, the best systems, how to handle negativity, graphics, all of that. And so I'm like, you know, I have all of this information out there and searchable, free, but I wanted to pull all of that together in a guide because every day there are people like me back in 2014 that are thrown into social media for a school. They're, they're a principal, they're an administrative assistant, they're a media specialist, they're a teacher, they're a parent volunteer. They have no idea what they're doing. And I was in that same boat. This book is written in a way to be a guide to help tell schools and, and share with schools what works, what doesn't, and get the basics right. Because the number, the number one and two issues with schools are I don't have enough time and I don't have enough content. Mm -hmm. um, those should be the least of your worries when you put some of these systems in place um, that I've helped hundreds of schools across the country do. Um, the byline of the book, by the way, is proven storytelling strategies and ideas to celebrate your students and staff while keeping your sanity. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you guys know that there's been burnout and, and there's been, you know, mass exodus, not only with teaching staff and educators, especially over the last three years, but, but school communicators and the crisis that they have to deal with and all of that. So I really, um, I really put a lot of effort into my teaching to be like, hey, you can't be on 24 seven. So you've got to make this work with your life. I call it work-life harmony. There's no such thing as work-life balance. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a lot, there's a whole chapter on avoiding burnout and some of those tips. But uh, it, it's a theme throughout the book, definitely. Right. 
Yeah, it's amazing to me. I actually stopped on my podcast, stopped doing so much on social media. The beginning it was a lot on social media. And I was like, oh, I don't think people, people kind of, everyone understands social media now. But I was so wrong because then I did another one on social media and it took off. There, To your point, there's so many new people getting involved and then there's, I mean, it always changes social media, always. the algorithm. And it's, you know, that's one of Matthew and I are on the recent podcast, we kind of mentioned a bunch of our pet peeves with social media. And most of them have to do with the constant changing of it. So once you figure something out, you're like, oh, geez, now where did that button go or whatever it is? Yeah. And the only thing I'll say to that, Ryan, is it's job security. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. if, if yeah. the people that do social media every single day have a, a hard time, like figuring it out, think if they didn't have us and you know, so I always try to tell myself it's job security, but you, you need to surround yourself with people that are doing social media every day, whether it's your state sprout chapters, whether it's podcasts like this, um, you know, whether it's other groups that you're a part of, um, you know, I have a membership group uh, as part of my business model and I have, you know, 400 other schools that are in that, that even if something happens and I don't know what's going on, somebody in our group does. And so just being able to have those people to reach out to and figure stuff out together, it's really, really powerful. That's always a, a common thread is lean into your professional network and <clears throat> the relationships that you have because it, it can drive you crazy. Definitely. Have we figured out yet how to, uh, you know, the, I always see on the, the spras, the listservs about claiming these pages oh. that were started years ago or a PTA has graduated. Nobody has to log in. Password. Does anyone have, does anyone have a good answer to, to that dilemma for Facebook yet or? Well, I don't have a magic formula. Um, there are, I do have a blog um, and it's, you can just search on my blog of official Facebook page and you can find some tips on how to get some of those um, shut down. Uh, but there's, unfortunately, there's no like 1-800 Facebook number. <laughs> yeah. Although you can now register your account and pay a per month charge where you actually have somebody that you can contact and email and call at Facebook. So if you are still running into those issues, you could do that. Um, Meta business suite, business manager, there's so many things that are, are really important. I'm actually doing an NSPRA pre-seminar session on Saturday uh, in St. Louis, all on getting that right. There are so many mm. schools that have it set up wrong. And I invested heavily with some training with a specialist from uh, Australia. Okay. And I paid a lot of money to learn. <laughs> and I was frustrated because I'm like, I don't want to do this. And she's like, I don't have an Australian accent, but she's like, it doesn't matter what you want. It's what Facebook wants. And now it's what Meta wants, right? And so we have to play these rules and there's all these Meta Business Suite and Business Manager and, you know, all, all of these things to understand. Um, but it, it is possible. Um, you, you just have to work through it. Uh, but, it but it's not easy. It, it does not make it easy. Andrea, this doesn't solve it on the back end for like what Ryan's talking about. And we've all dealt with that where principal calls, new principal at the school's like, hey, how do I get into my... TikTok account, <laughs> like I have no idea, uh, which is, so this doesn't solve that. But one of the things, tell me if, if you feel like this might be a good idea. One of the things I did in previous district was I adopted board policy because there wasn't at the time board policy governing social media. And one of the, one of the lines in there said that 
um, official school and district accounts had to be approved by the superintendent or designee. And what that did was it, it brought them through me. And then what I did was capture their username and passwords in a protected passworded document so that I had at the communications office, the login and password for every single uh, media account that was created. Is that something you've seen or suggest? Yeah, I have a whole um, chapter on, um, well, a a section of the book that talks about creating a social media directory for your school. And it's got like seven steps, you know, and you do have to wrangle. It's like herding cats, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody wants to start up new social media accounts. You got to start somewhere. Um, Those of you that are just starting out in social media, don't think you're going to master this in like a month because it's a it's like an ongoing annual, you know, project. But yes, you want to get approvals. You want to always have at least two administrators. You want like a table of content contents of like what are the official pages that are associated with the school and then who has access to them so that you can, you know, make sure if people leave and change and whatever that there's some continuity there. And so usually if you have a school PR person, they would be the ones that would have access to those pages, not because they want to be able to post on them, but Mm -hmm. more because if something happens, somebody gets locked out of an account, which happens all the time. Um, We had one of our school pages just just last week uh, frozen for like five days for violating something and we didn't violate anything, but you still had to jump through the hoop. So it's very, very frustrating. So you know, as we look into the summer, that is a great project for you to look at. I've got some free training. I'm sure you guys probably have, um, you know, some free free training and, and resources out there as well. But getting those things um, at least started in the right direction will help you and save you from some severe anxiety and stress and sleepless nights uh, in the future. One thing that came out of that, which I'm just remembering now that I loved and it was totally a selfish thing, which I had this running Excel list of all my school sites and their social media logins, but then all their handles. So when I went in to do a post, because I had 25 schools, when I went in to do a post, their handle was there. I didn't have to figure out like, okay, what were they, the Panthers? Is the <laughs> yeah. Panthers at? Whatever it was. So their handles were really easy to tag when I went out to cover a school play or whatever it was. Yeah. And what I would recommend Matthew is get that on your website. How about making it easy for other people to tag all of the organizations and schools and things, right? So we got to make sure that we can be as transparent and we we (sighs) want to elevate our storytelling for our schools, for our districts. One way of doing that is having that kind of complete social media directory, which isn't going to be complete right away, but, you give a little bit of a carrot to the people who have it set up properly because they get listed. So then it's like, hey, if you want to be listed, you have to fill out this form and we got to fill it out the right way. Uh, solid gold. Yeah. Uh, your your school PR person doesn't want access uh, just so they can have notifications to 80 other pages, which is no. just yeah. mind numbing. But the other thing too is interesting with getting everyone on the same page is you can do the same branding because I can't tell you how many different sports and at the different schools, it's like mascot sports name, high school, then it's high school mascot sports name. It's like, let's get some consistency where we're, we're all the name of the school first. And then the team, because it's like, Oh my goodness. As Matthew says, you, you're looking at tagging these teams. You're like, I forget, was it badminton at Arcadia or Arcadia badminton? Or like, oh my, <laughs> my goodness. Um, is there, is there, one of the things, you know, it's fascinating is that there's still 
in this day and age in 2023, still some school districts not on social media because they're scared of it. I think they they think if they're not on there, then they're free of attacks and all that sort of stuff, which is just absurd. But the other thing what you pointed out, and I think your book does a great job of, is giving district systems and things where it's way less time consuming. So what are some of those things that they can do where you're not on social media all day? You don't have to check notifications and it's not becoming cumbersome because as we all know in this field, that's the problem with adding something new like social media. It's like, I, I don't have enough time to do what I'm already doing. How am I supposed to do four pages of social media? But systems are the way to go. What are some of the systems you recommend? Well, first of all, just picking what platform you're going to be on. You talk about four platforms. If you're just jumping in, you're just going to start with Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. Some schools may have a bigger presence on Twitter, not very many, especially in the Midwest. Um, so you, we, with the hundreds of schools we work with, Facebook's always number one. So don't bite off more than you can chew because why suck at four of them when you can try to put all your effort <laughs> into one, right? So that's really important. And then- so why is let me ask one quick question. So why I agree with Facebook being number one, but I'm starting, I'm starting to see a shift where I might, the number two is becoming much closer. So why for you is Facebook number one? And then what would be your number two? Number two is Instagram. Is that your number two? Yep, for sure. Okay. But I think Instagram is gaining traction, especially with the reels and stories lately. Matthew and I talked about that in a previous podcast. It's like, that's getting more traction. Although my the the skeptic in my head is also saying, well, I don't know. It's like when everyone got on TikTok, they everything's going viral. It's like no, every social media company lies through their teeth about their numbers and your reach. So it's like you got to experiment and actually do some short links and see if that reach is actually accurate. But with Instagram, I'm seeing way more results than I am with Facebook. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get a little bit of viral action with Instagram reels, certainly that and that, by the way, is the way that you are going to drastically increase because face or Instagram posts and Instagram stories are basically shown to your current followers. Yeah. So I have I've seen it in work in districts that we've been part of your monthly reach in Instagram is usually pretty closely matched with your Instagram followers. But if you add reels into that strategy, you right now we're probably 5Xing or three to 5Xing. Wow. We used to be 10Xing, but now Instagram reels is much, you know, it's used by more people. Um, but what you have to remember, and, and I really like this in a recent uh, podcast interview uh, that I had, um, is just talk about reaching one more person in your community. I mean, viral is nice. And we like to think about reaching thousands of people, thousands and thousands. But if you're reaching a, you know, a thousand people that are in, you know, another country or something, does that really do much for you? Where Facebook, which, uh, you know, in our little town of 500 people, we weekly reach over 5,000. So we reach 10 times more the people that even live in our town with our stories and we're not paying for that reach. So I'm not boosting posts or anything. This is just organic storytelling that's going on. You have to really engage and you want comments and shares and, and likes and those things. They're not all created equal. Um, and you want to deliver some consistent content. So to kind of just get back to your original question about the systems, one, pick your platform. Facebook, I think, because you reach your parents, 
you reach your community, you reach staff, you know, everybody's having a staff shortage. And yes, we want to advertise jobs on LinkedIn, but we might be able to attract people that aren't even looking because they see us on Facebook and they see what we're like to work with. And then um, just a, a big system is how do we collect stories from everybody? Even if you are a school communicator and you have the storytelling hat and you have, I call the keys to the castle, right? You, you're the one that's posting. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you have to get every story because there's like hundreds of things that you could share from your school district in any given day. So we really have to create a system to collect content those i mean everybody's walking around with a really high-tech camera in their pocket and it's their cell phone they can take videos they can take pictures so really building this army of storytellers and finding one way to submit content i like using an email address because i'm not having to find a form and get the link to the form and then fill the form out i like just knowing that the email is social media at newauburn.k12.wi.us or whatever it is. And I send in a little description and then that comes to me. I have that in a separate email and then I can schedule that out. I let, I let our staff know, hey, it's not gonna be post, we're not like sharing what we're eating for lunch and necessarily have to post at that moment. Okay, we're, we wanna have uh, and curate a story where we don't have 10 posts one day and zero the next three days. So having that system set up where you have people that are helping you is really huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I like what you said about the reach too, especially with the Instagram reels. And that's why I'm a little bit a skeptic on that because you're right. So I get another thousand views from another country and I don't get any more followers. There's no more likes and nobody's coming to my school. Like, so a, are those numbers accurate and B, what does it matter? Like keep your, that's where I think we get carried away. We start chasing the analytics and it's like, you need to do a deeper dive on the analytics. Are you seeing any actual ROI in your district? Are you getting more applications? Are you getting more enrollment? Cause who cares if another thousand people in X country allegedly see your post and who knows if they're bots or not. I know what Andrew is going to say. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm going to just say, if you can do Instagram, well, do it. Like, yeah. I, I think there's unique ways to tell stories. And obviously, Facebook has reels now as well. People mm -hmm. have short attention spans. They're not watching your five-minute promo video anymore, but a seven-minute little video that's got student-staff interaction that's to uh, some fun, appropriate music. Make sure it's appropriate, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that th can be really, really powerful. So I'm not bashing Instagram as well at all. No. I yeah. think it's, it's a great uh, leverage, and we have seen you know, videos that maybe only reach that are longer in format are maybe reaching 500 people, but then a short version of it on a reel is reaching 15,000 people. And, and every potential to reach one more person it is awesome, but we don't want to get, like you said, too caught up in it. And I think sometimes, I mean, we see these great ideas and we're like, oh my gosh, I got to go do that. Well, yeah. one of the winners from my awards, Ryan, um, on School Communicator Day, she admitted that it took her two days and like 600 pictures to make a <laughs> reel that was really cool. I mean, it was awesome. But dude, you only have 24 hours in your day. Yeah. And I'm sorry, we can't like give away prizes, even though Peach Jar and we, we wish we could give another hour of your day. We can't. So you've got to prioritize. And some stuff you got to say, that's awesome. 
I don't have time for that. So this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to feel good about it. I hate it when people feel bad or guilty or whatever. It's just like, you guys, you only have so much time in the day. Get the story out there. It's If it's out there and it's not perfect, it's okay. Except some of the things that I've done are not okay. Some of the <laughs> mistakes I've made, right? We probably all could share mistakes we've made. And we're like, okay, should have took yeah. a little more time on that one. But anyways. One thing I'll say getting to work with. Well, first, Andrea, just, all right, listen, let me back up two times. So I'm backing up and then backing up again. You all might need to back up about four minutes because Andrea just dropped like just nugget after nugget after nugget here over the last four minutes. There's some things you need to rewind and, and make sure you got and all of that. It was a lot of rapid fire stuff. Um, I will say one of the blessings I have at Peach Jar now is getting to work with a really high-end professional marketing team. Andrea just said something that I want everybody to hear again, and that is not that your stuff has to be polished. It does not have to be perfect. In fact, what we found at Peach Jar and our team and the research that we've done is if it's polished and perfect, it doesn't get the views. It's a commercial. So you, that's why, to her credit, she said, nobody's watching your five-minute video about your district anymore. No, because it was a commercial. Nobody's here for that. But the organic stuff, the rapid, that just run rapid fire, you're getting with your cell phone out there at the school player, the marshmallow catapults the kids are making in the classroom. That's the stuff that's going to get you attention. The other thing that I'll say is that dig into the data. Like Ryan said, you know, if you're getting, uh, if those reels are getting you an audience broader than your uh, followers, that doesn't mean it's all just coming from outside your community. That could very well be voters in your community, right? And you're trying to pass bonds and different things. You might not see a really easy return on that investment through maybe, you know, staffing applications or, you know, a, a, you know more um, students coming to your district for enrollment. It might be other interesting areas because as you get the word out in your community, um, maybe real, st real estate values are better because your schools are doing better and people have a more positive view of your school district, right? Or you get that bond passed you're going for. So to Andrea's credit, what she said is if you can do it, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. And I think the news business years ago, which is where I kind of transferred in from was one of the first to really start putting low quality uh, viewer video on the air. So you have this major wildfire or this building burning down or this crime scene. And it's just, Joe Smith with the black bars, they're shooting the wrong way. But the news media is like, you know what? This is better than what we have, and we don't have to send a photographer. And it's still, as unprofessional as it is, it's still unbelievably engaging because it's not like you don't need to be Steven Spielberg to set up the shot. Like, if you telling a story is just like, you know, pictures worth a thousand words, right? So it can be grainy and they can have the lady in the background going, oh my God, there's the tornado touching down the farm, the roof is gone. So to your point, and I think now there's even some algorithms that if there's text on a photo, it gets it gets downplayed because it sees it as a marketing piece and it's not going to get that authentic engagement. So I think those are uh, really good points. The other thing I just wanted to add too, we were talking about the top social medias. If you're starting out or if you have one, you're looking to add another one. Why I like your point, Andrea, about uh, Facebook is the meta business suite as complicated as it can be, you can set it up very simply to sync with your Instagram and then you can send posts and schedule them to both automatically and save time, energy, and effort. Good yeah, call. and keep keep your sanity. That's one of the questions I often get is like, do I have to repurpose all my content for every single platform? 
Okay, dude, the algorithm, the chances of somebody even seeing something that you post, even if they follow you, is not very good. I mean, mm -hmm. schools, this is a, a percentage I think you'll you'll uh, find interesting. So a, a business like Social School for EDU or, per, or, or uh, um, Peach Jar or Nike, they have about a 2% organic reach on their posts or less. Schools... Wow. Usually, if you're doing social media right, it's about 33% that you're reaching. You're usually reaching about a third of your followers, and that's unheard of when it comes to business. And that's why you need to read this book, because so many people are getting advice <laughs> from businesses about how to do social media for their school. They think, well, I'm a business, kind of. It's like, no, you're not. You have like this vested interest of these these parents who are sending their little cherubs to your school every day and they don't get to see them and they want to interact and, and figure out what's going on and you got grandparents so there's a whole different method to the madness when it comes to social media for a school versus social media for a business and schools have a lot of advantages because we've got a more engaged audience so we've got to play play to that and and i've just tried to share a lot of helpful tips to do that um, in the book. I have a, I have a couple questions about, about the book in particular. Um, yes. what, I've never written a book. Um, it just doesn't seem like a pain I necessarily want to Matthew, go through. Matthew, the question is, have you ever read a book? <laughs> yeah. I, actually, my wife says we can't afford my reading habit uh, because I do read quite a bit. Uh, which is funny. Thank you for that, Ryan. Uh, so just, so uh, just, just in, and knowing that it's it is a labor of, of intense love and very very difficult, um, just kind of ask a couple of, of easier questions about your book in particular. Um, what was what was the hardest part? Honestly, the hardest part was setting aside time to do the book with all of my other responsibilities. So mm -hmm. I have a growing, thriving business. I have a team of thirty account managers. Um, we had some major uh, turnover, you know, throughout the book of of my my leadership team. I mean, uh, I had a major bout with depression and anxiety uh, while I was writing the book. Um, I I was traveling four weeks in a row, and I basically had to compartmentalize and say, okay. I'm not working on the book until this date. And then here's two hours every every day that I'm going to dedicate to the book and to give myself some uh, frame of reference off of that. Because you guys, the thing that I wanted the most out of this book was I wanted it to be something I was really proud of that mm -hmm. could be on every school communicator's desk and would be super helpful. Mm -hmm. I did not want to put out something that was not my best work. And I am so proud of what we put together. I am just, I got goosebumps. I'm sorry. I'm pretty humble, but I just, I mean, you would never guess this is a self-published book. Um, it's got a workbook. It's got, uh, uh, you know, additional resources. We featured over 50 different people from across the country inside of this book. It's not just what I think works. It's what really works from all of the people that I have learned around the world and um, definitely around the country. And so, you know, that just as far as the time that it took that was and and compartmentalizing this while not slowing down on hosting a weekly podcast and a, and doing a newsletter every other week and leading a team of 30 and adding new membership clients and doing trainings and that was um that was the hardest thank you for that that's awesome well i've got i've got it up uh, I, I do have a 
two more questions. I already know the answer to one because you can get it on Amazon. Um, so I've, I've got the book up on Amazon. I'm about to click go. Uh, but when I see you next, which I think is Inspra, right? I'm going to need you to sign my copy. Uh, yes, I will. So really amazing there. The other question I had was if there's other spaces that are beyond Amazon too, uh, I, I want to get into where people can buy that. I know from your website, you've got a link right at the top there to the book. There's also a splash screen that pops up when you visit your website for the first time, if I remember the other day. Um, The other thing would be you spoke to a little bit. Is there anybody you want to give a shout out to or anybody in particular that really helped you through this this process? Because I know that it is a very long and tedious one to get a book start to finish. Well, well, I first of all, as far as where to get it, Enspra is also um, carrying it in their bookstore, and they've got a member discount. So if you go to the Enspra um, website, you can also order it from there, and they're going to have copies available for sale at the Enspra conference in St. Louis in July. I'm actually going to do a book signing there, so make sure if you did already buy your book, bring it along. I'll I'll definitely uh, uh, do a handwritten message to to you and sign my little uh, John Hancock, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, the other thing is, is it, you know, there are a lot of teams. We've probably had about fifteen bulk orders, and so if you want to save some money. Um, you can actually go to my website, socialschoolforedu.com, and there's an opportunity to order 10 or more copies and get a 20% discount. Um, if you order 50 or more, you actually, which some schools have done, some bigger schools, they're, they're doing a, a summer reading program with this and their leadership team. Um, then you get a webinar with me, like personally to ask questions and all of that. So, so check out my website or, or on Amazon. Um, and then, you know, a special shout out. I mean, obviously Michelle Rayburn, um, out of mission media, uh, if you're ever thinking of writing a book, you got to give her a call, although she's really busy, but she happens to only live 10 miles from my house. Mm -hmm. Um, and she is the mom of two of our amazing teachers in New Auburn. One's an English teacher and one's a tech ed teacher. And I'm telling you, those two guys are doing amazing things for our students. And I'm really proud because I've got two high schoolers there. Um, and then Emily, uh, Emily Schutte from my team put a lot of effort into the editing uh, aspect of this book as well. And so she's worked with me for years. Um, and so I want to give a shout out to her and then, you know, my team, my family, and then all of the people who read this book ahead of time, um, which is at the beginning of the book. Um, there's just too many to list everybody out Mm -hmm. right now. Um, but then Joe Sanfilippo, he wrote the foreword of the book and he was my first mentor. Um, you, many of you may know the name Dr. Joe Sanfilippo and hashtag go crickets. He speaks all over the country. Um, but he was kind enough back in 2014 to open his doors to this, you know, single mom who was just trying to figure out if there was, you know, a, a job or a business in serving schools. And he totally you know, allowed me to walk into classrooms and explain what he did. And this is, this is our approach. Um, and then, uh, to kind of have it come back full circle and him write the forward for my book. Um, it was really good. And I got a copy in his hands last week and he's like, Andrea, this book is really good. Like it, you know, so I'm, uh, again, I'm proud of what I put together, but I could never have done it without all of the people who have helped me along the way and taught me so much. I mean, I, I don't have a degree in school PR. I don't have a, you know, communications degree. I'm chemistry, by the way, chemistry major, business emphasis. I did get my MBA, but I've just learned to hang around really smart people like Ryan and Matthew and and a lot of the people in the book. 
and I've learned learned a lot, and I'm so so thankful. Well, Matthew and I will give you our <clears throat> distinguished three letters after your name, which is you can be Andrea Gribble, G S D, which is get stuff done. <laughs> I like you know, it. Everyone has the APR, which is fantastic, but. Matthew and I, we have the GSD. Yeah. Uh, we okay. like to get stuff done. And you definitely got stuff done with the, that book, which is amazing. And Joe uh, Sanfilippo, actually episode 43 in the School PR podcast came on a couple of years ago. And uh, he was on, he was mentioning how he worked with you. And he really does know his stuff. So that's that's really cool. He wrote the forward for you. Yes, definitely. Um, speaking of... I had a couple follow-up questions just on social media stuff, getting back to kind of helping people with social media. We have years ago, we've created an internship program. So we actually are a crazy district where we have, you know, maybe eight to 10 of our students running our social media every day. And it just, it helped us immensely. And, you know, I tell people, if you ever, you know, me 10 years ago saying, yeah, students run our social media, I would have told you you're crazy. But through our internship program and training them properly, we absolutely, uh, there's days that go by where I don't touch our social media or look at it. And that is, I never thought I would say that, but it's crazy. But we invested the time in them. I have great interns and they're amazing. But to your point about keeping your sanity, that has helped me keep my sanity. It's given us way more content. We have I mean, the amount of posts, I think we did the analytics. I mean, we had last year over 600 posts on our Facebook page. I mean, think about it. There's less than 200 school days, and, and that's just you know during the week. So we're putting out three to four posts a day, and it's because of the interns. Is there something other districts can do through administrators, an ambassador program, to help with content posting and responsibilities so um, they can do that? And the other thing I'll add is, when you have these people, a lot of them will like to do it. They enjoy doing it. So it's not this bothersome task. And so if you're in the music department and you have access, now I can just post directly. I don't have to bother you and I can post when I want. So any ideas for people to help get a team so you can keep your sanity? Yeah, well, I love your internship program, and I know you're helping facilitate some discussions across the country. Um, I have many people in my membership group like, I just got approved for an intern, and I'm so excited. Um, and really, I was just uh, talking with Thomas Murray from Future Ready Schools, and he talked about, you know, looking out five years from from now on social media, which I'm like, we can't even look out, out five months. So I can't <laughs> yeah. really say five years, but the future of social media is student voice. That is where you are going to get better stories and better engagement. Students are paying attention. So are parents because they don't want to hear the school talk about themselves. But when a student talks about this amazing opportunity that they got to, you know, go to the, the state legislative office and meet these folks and, you know, learn firsthand about this or go and do a community um, event uh, where, where it benefits some of the community members. I mean, that's really powerful. Um, I have a whole chapter on student and staff takeovers. So um, similar, I mean, there's there's internships, there's, there's just a, a day takeover that you can um, trust people to. And if you're a little bit nervous about students, think about staff members. I mean, we've got a lot of natural creators that are joining our teams each and every day. I mean, I'm 45. So this is definitely not my first language as far as being on social media, but you know, these, these young teachers that are 25, 26, I mean, they grew up with it. 
They love doing it. It's very natural. Why not have them do Instagram stories um, or or uh, Instagram reels or things like that? So you have to, in order to keep your sanity, you need to be able to delegate. You want to have some parameters. I just instantly or just recently for free on my blog did an Instagram story guide, an Instagram story takeover guide. And it's for stories and reels. And it actually breaks down everything like what is it? Who, you sh- who should you pick? What should you tell them? Here's some ideas. Okay, so check that out on my um, website. Um, but I definitely think there's there's some power to that. Um, you know, and then it's boundaries also, Ryan, as far as like keeping your sanity. I mean, I remember having my phone on me like a badge of honor, you know, around the campfire. Be like, oh my gosh, I got to check messages here at 11 o'clock after I've had a couple beers. And I'm like, am I really going to be able to respond anyways? Um, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. I got married in a brewery. I mean, you know, so, so, um, so anyways, you know, yes, you have to be, uh, you know, kind of 24-7 aware. You have to be able to check in and see if you've got new comments. Um, but there are ways that uh, and tools that Meta gives you that these other social media, um, you know, companies and things give you where you don't have to be on all the time and you can balance it. And I used to say 99% of comments that came in were positive. I now say about 92%, okay? <laughs> after after COVID and the political divisiveness, it's like 92%. But that's still 92%. Yeah. Are, it's really positive. You got to be ready with the negativity. You got to be ready for mistakes that you're going to make. Um, but let's face it. I mean, just as I've made mistakes, you know, students or staff members that we assign it to could make mistakes too. We just got to be ready to react and, and uh, you know, have some systems in place for that. I got to say your blog is fantastic. Yeah, it and, is. Uh, I, I love the Instagram story takeover idea. As you're saying that, I'm searching your website. And I love the the infographic on that story because that's how I was thinking about it. Because our interns do a lot of stuff, but they haven't done like an official takeover. But I'm thinking for as we wrap up the year, it'd be perfect for the grad run, graduation, as they're going to all the different schools, like, good, here's access go crazy because those are when the when the graduating seniors go back to their elementary school and the middle schools there's nothing it's just a gold mine for social media the pictures yep. teachers are in tears the kids love to go back the the little ones are like have posters it's it's perfect for that so i'm going to steal this but on your blog social school for edu.com by the way and then click on blog there's all these great ideas that you're you're giving away for free so i would highly encourage people to go uh check that out yeah, and it's searchable, Ryan. So, I mean, like I said, if 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 you're on your desktop, it's over to the right-hand side when you're on my blogs or on my podcast. Mm-hmm. So you want to know about unofficial Facebook pages? Type in unofficial Facebook pages. You want to mm-hmm. talk about LinkedIn because you're going to take this summer, you're going to be like, okay, we're going to figure out how to use LinkedIn. I've got an awesome article that we wrote after a training that we did in our membership group that walks you step-by-step in how to create a LinkedIn Uh, page for your school so there's tons of stuff for free you know i kind of assembled it all in one spot in the in the book um but i'm not gonna stop giving out free advice um i got a lot to say i learned a lot of stuff from from like like our listeners i learned a lot of stuff and i just want to spread those great ideas with more more people 
I I have mixed feelings on LinkedIn. I maybe we'll do. I'm gonna have Jason Wheeler on because I I'm a big I'm a fan of LinkedIn, but I also think like I don't see the results I wanted. But I know he's a big fan of it. I know you are. I sort of am, and I have. All my interns during high school, I have them get a LinkedIn account and they're all like, what is LinkedIn? Why am I on here? They all come back after they graduate high school. They're in college. We do the alumni panels. We meet with them. And then now after college, that's how old I am. uh, They're like, LinkedIn was the greatest thing I did to get more internships in college, to get my first Mm -hmm. college. But as far as posting as a district, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best ways. Is it worth it? So when I have Jason on, maybe we have you on and we talk just LinkedIn, we take a deep dive. Um, Cause I do think it's, it's fascinating. We try and post jobs on there, but there, I think there's a better way to use it. And you kind of have to know LinkedIn a little bit more than just, you know, I know social media, I, I know LinkedIn. I've, I've actually met candidates that have appreciated that we have content out there on LinkedIn because it made their research process easier and more relevant when they set in on the job interview. Um, just information I got <clears throat> after they were hired, which I found interesting. Cause I, I felt like you like LinkedIn, just to me felt like Twitter. It's a place where other staff mm-hmm. is or maybe other principals. It just didn't seem as impactful to me, but I have I've actually heard uh, the impact that it's had on people, which is neat. There's less competition on LinkedIn, guys. True. And you're going to reach more dads if you look True. at demographics. So the, there's mm. two reasons right there. My, my article will have uh, some others, and it'll be interesting with your conversation with Jason. But like I said before, if you don't have capacity – I always tell people, if anything we say makes you want to grab a paper bag and be like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't do it. Right. We just, I I want you to do Facebook really well first. And then if you can bring Mm -hmm. on these other things and and LinkedIn doesn't have to be just for job postings. Um, You know, you can celebrate and show your culture so that people are like, yeah, I, I want to work here because this looks like an awesome place to be, but Mm-hmm. One of the cool things about LinkedIn, though, is I found we have a lot of our followers are our own staff and so that aren't necessarily on Facebook. And so that's kind of cool. They learn like, oh, you got this ranking or district did this. That That is definitely a perk. Culture building. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And some some staff members and let's face it, a lot of principals and superintendents, they are not on social media other than LinkedIn because yeah. they don't want the drama. So it's just, it is a place to build employee morale, staff morale, and all of Attention, that. So, recruitment, all of it, yeah. Yeah. A uh, time-old question, pun intended, with social media is, what time of day is the best <laughs> to post or schedule a post? And it probably changes, and it depends what platform, but what are your thoughts on time of day? Well, we kind of build in a schedule. Um, you can look at, or you used to be able to look at Facebook and see what time of day. Now their analytics have all changed and it's very challenging. We like posting 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. because many moms like me are looking at their phones first thing when they get up, trying to have a cup of coffee before the kids get up. Um, 7 p.m. because a lot of peak is around 8 or 9 p.m. And so if we can get in their news feed, I also really love pickup time. So if, if school gets out at 3.30, you can guarantee there's there's parents waiting for their kids at 3 o'clock lined up. And what are they doing? They're scrolling their phones. Uh, again, they don't go to see your page. They're go- just scrolling through their news feed. We need to show up. And so we actually have built in some of those designated times, 6 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. And what that helps with is my sanity. 
because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm not like, oh my gosh, I got to post something and I'm going to post it right mm-hmm. now. And um, no, I'm going to schedule it out. And like right now, so we're recording this on a Monday. So I already, my 3 p.m. just posted because I scheduled it. I got a 7 p.m. post. Tomorrow, I've already got 6, 11, 3, and 7. I got this small little school, you guys, with 300 kids. I still got that much great stuff. Do they they know how spoiled they are with you? (laughs) Yeah, yes, they do. They are very appreciative, especially I I just did a big donation, which was really big to me. I I donated $20,000 back to that school for some incredible furniture. They gave me my start, you guys. When I was a single mom, I knew nothing. They they believed in me, and so um, it was really fun to give back. Beautiful. Now I have to buy a book after that. Yeah, now everybody has to buy a book. That is just, how incredible is that? Talk about full circle. Yes, absolutely. And all because a superintendent believed in me. So, you know, all everybody out in education, you know, we believe in our kids and we we can really impact students every day. We have the potential to reach and, and, and benefit parents and community members and staff members because that little invitation into that school back in 2014 has literally changed my life. And I am so thankful. I have the best job in the world. That's awesome. I love to, I love to hear that because I I knew you were generous as we talked about earlier, but um, you know, you have, you have a business, you have bills to pay, uh, but you are very generous in this, in the fact you will give freebies. You'll do things for people. You'll hop on a phone call and help somebody out. So and, you know, that's going to help your business in the long term. But, you know, there's companies that don't get that still. And they do. It's all short, short term and hard sales. And so I just appreciate your approach and your generosity. Before we let you go, legal questions with Facebook and board member posting. And there's all these uh, some very annoying companies that, you know, I'm pretty frank about it, that they tell you things that's that aren't true. They're speaking about hard and obnoxious sales tactics that you need to do this and you need to hire us so you don't get sued, which, you know, that's just mm, good luck with that business model because nobody trusts you. And, you know, there's very influential people in our space that are not endorsing you and telling telling others do not spend your public taxpayer dollars on them. And, you know, I don't know how long they're going to last anyway. What are your thoughts on navigating that? Because that is a reason that keeps a lot of people off of social media is the liability. And, you know, if we're not, so I, I totally understand that. How do you um, help districts navigate the legal liability issues? So I just got this question today from somebody in Missouri, um, David, who used to help run the school communication pros page. And I'm speaking at most for next fall. So he's like, I don't know how to answer this. So I'm going to copy Andrea in. (laughs) And so I I kind of have a canned response. It's like two pages because, I mean, I deal with hundreds of schools. So they're always asking me, hey, somebody's threatening me. And then they're calling, you know, the IT person, the communication person, the principal, the superintendent. (laughs) They'll call anybody. Um, And I'm not a lawyer. Uh, you need to talk to your legal team. Um, in my nine and a half years, um, basically, of serving schools, <clears throat> I have never had to go through an open record request. Um, it's a great insurance policy. However, if, if uh, you know, there's a lot of spots on social media that you might have related to your school. And so are you going to have them all backed up by some kind of an archiving system? Basically, Facebook and Twitter, as long as, you know, somebody makes a comment, as long as they don't delete it, it's still there. So we use the platforms themselves as records. 
um, one of the scare kind of tactics is like, well, what happens if somebody posts a threat at two o'clock in the morning and two thirty a.m. They did they delete it. You wouldn't have a record of that. It's like, okay, how many people saw that comment right at two o'clock in the morning? And to um, your point, if I don't have a record of it, I don't need to turn it over because I don't have the record. I don't own Facebook or Twitter, so what record do you want? Know. It's not right, there. Exactly. So I I'll, I never recommend for people to delete comments. Um, unless they do like take a screenshot and talk with your legal counsel. You don't want that on you as far as deleting or removing somebody's, you know, comment on your page. You should have some guidelines, commenting guidelines, which I talk about uh, in, in the book, um, because you want to have something to go back on that says, hey, you know, all of these stupid spam requests for live streams, they're just like <laughs> yeah. trying to get people's money. We just yes. block those people right away and, and then somebody else comes up and with the same thing. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, you know, there are some things that we're not going to allow that that type of spamming. We're not going to allow you to threaten a staff member or a student. I mean, you're not going to let that stand on your page. But what I would say is you are going to want to document that if you have to remove something. So that's kind of my guidance. There is ways to navigate. You guys, there's hundreds and thousands of schools out there on social media that have a ton of positive ROI. We've got thousands of people being reached. We can't let that that threat of, you know, somebody saying something quiet us so that we we're not shouting out these all these positive things. Um, I'm not saying that you don't need a plan. You do. Um, but yeah, it's really disappointing when you've got these companies that prey on you. Although I will say, I mean, we had a school, um, one of the schools we work with went viral. It, their post reached over 10 million people and then we had to uh, temporarily shut their page down. Not all viral posts are good viral posts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it got into the limelight and before we removed that post from the page, we did need to archive because there's no way we were gonna be able to screenshot all that. We actually partnered up with our friends over at Class Intercom who actually have archiving built into an amazing platform that helps you use school students and staff, which we already talked about for takeovers. Um, they have it built right in and it's not very much money. So um, that's that's an option. I don't think necessarily all schools have to have that. Um, but, you know, gra grab the book or like you said, it, you know, if you email me, like I'm going to email you back. So uh, I'll, I'll give you what I can as far as helping you through that. But I, I just know that we can be empowered to use this tool for good. And uh, there's gonna be some sucky things and, and bad things that might happen and we have to deal with it, but we can figure it out. Like together, we can figure it out. And you've got a lot of people in your corner. Good perspective. Yeah, when I do conferences or speaking to superintendents and they're asking, I said, what do you do if, if somebody comes and graffitis your school with spray paint, like they've done for years? Do you shut down your school? Do you tell everyone to go home? It's the same thing. So somebody writes a stupid comment. You delete it or you keep it, you hide it, you do whatever and you move on. Right. You're not, there's a million great things happening in that building every day. So somebody comes on and graffitis it, vandalizes it. You don't shut it down. You figure out a way to, to work around it and continue with all the positives. So yeah, is there negative things on social media? Absolutely. Nobody's trying to fool anybody. But the amount of positives and if you set up the proper structures, mm -hmm. the impact you will get, you will get better staff, you will get more students, you will get a cult, as Matthew alluded to earlier, you're building a culture of positivity and unity and it's it's worth it. I, I have yet to hear of, and maybe you guys have, 
a school district that got on social media, tried it, and then got off. Not once in my life of thousands of thousands of districts getting on social media has they ever gotten off of it because of that reason. I think we've all dreamed of it, right? <laughs> Nightmares. <laughs> But yeah, but no one's yeah. had no one to no one to your credit, Ryan. I don't know anybody that has. I know I know we've joked about it before. Like, man, if I could just take this out, let's just turn it off then. And yeah. uh, uh, but but there's a reason none of us have because the return on investment is so critical. Exactly. I remember when we first started, you know, with this district and another one I worked at when we first got on there, and and now it's just everyone's a little blasé about it, but. They were so excited to see their colleagues celebrated, to see themselves celebrated. Like, oh my goodness, like I can send this to my mom in, in Wisconsin. And like, holy cow, she wouldn't know what I'm doing. And my district gave me this PTA award, this Rotary award. And so now we take that a bit for granted. But imagine taking that away and living in a district without that. I, I There's a district around, I mean, there's a lot of districts without it's like, how are you celebrating? How are you yeah, like, what what are you using? Um, and I know you're probably not email blasting all this stuff. If, so it, it's just fascinating to me. I love your work, what you're doing. And if you're a podcast nerd, like the three of us are mastering social media for schools, you have over 160 episodes. So search that as well. If you have a question about a topic, you have great guests on there. I was honored to be a guest on there a couple of years ago. Um, it's a really great podcast um, with really good issues you dive into as well. And yeah. don't forget more than 300 pages in this new book. Yeah, Dang. it ended up to be a pretty thick one, but it's really broken down well into like going to the spots. Like if you want help on video tips, you go right to that chapter. You want to write better captions, you go to that chapter. So I'm hoping that this gets earmarked and maybe flagged a little bit for people to be able to reference. Um, but it's all there. It's not overwhelming. And it'll feel kind of like you're having a conversation with me like we did today. That's how I wrote the book. That's cool. Yeah, we did so much prep before this interview. I wrote down all the questions and no, we just kind of flew with it. By the way, it gives me an idea. So I'm going to buy a few books. I'm going to buy at least three books to do a giveaway. How can we get social media? We need our Instagram. We just started an Instagram. It's doing well. We're posting show clips on there. So how, how can we do a fair contest for Instagram? Maybe if you're a new follower or something, how can we... What ideas can we give away your book? podcast. Oh gosh, we're right in the moment. I'm doing a big giveaway because every week when people share their picture with it, I'm giving away swag each week. So yes, oh, we could nice. definitely, definitely um, give out a copy on Instagram, follow us. And then um, I would say out of all your followers on pod, on, on Instagram, don't punish the ones that are already followers. But get, get, but just a hey, follow, follow school PR podcast on Instagram, and then within a couple of weeks afterwards, Ryan, you will you will give away a prize to one of them. Yeah, All hey, right. you get you get entered right. into the drawing by putting a comment in. What was your favorite tip Andrea shared during the podcast? Boom! I like it. All Engage right, you got a go, comment. Matthew. We'll put this little <laughs> video clip on there. People are watching it now, so go on there, comment. <laughs> And uh, make sure we can message you. Can we message people on Instagram if they're following? You can, yeah, yeah you can message. And okay. uh, I hope the best tip is don't respond to comments after you've had two beers at 11 p.m. <laughs> that uh, is the it's the weekend. That's great. That's awesome. But if you've had two vodka tonics, you're more than welcome to, <laughs> to comment back. Yeah, vodka tonics are like Tuesday nights. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome.
All right. So where else can we follow you and uh, get in touch so, with you? Yeah, I'm at Andrea Gribble on Twitter. Um, I love Twitter for this world that we're in, right? It's educators, school PR folks. Uh, but otherwise, just check out my website. Um, you can contact me there. You can find out more about about the book, about my membership group. And that's just social school for the number four edu.com. Awesome. Well, Andrea, we appreciate your work, appreciate you coming on. A huge congratulations on the book and publishing it. That is a huge deal. Um, your donation back to the school is awesome and all your work. And uh, I'm going to order some books for sure. We're going to give them away. Maybe, I mean, maybe they're all courtesy of Peach Jar. What am I buying the books for? Peach Jar? I mean, speaking of, our great sponsor. Um, no, but we'll get some books. We'll give them away. And uh, you mentioned uh, some depression and anxiety you dealt with. Mentioned one of our sponsors, SoundMind, that's actually helping in school, soundmind.app. They're kind of like uh, calm with all that meditation and stuff, but they have dashboards for educators. So if you have it in the classroom, you can see the students' involvement, their mood, track them, and they have a whole communications toolkit. So you can do mental health awareness campaigns and they give that all to you. So everyone needs to do more in mental health space. Uh, check out soundmind.app. They're doing great work. There's some webinars that I just did with them um, on our podcast as well peach jar if you're the only school district in the country still not using them we need to mm -hmm. sign you up and get get everyone on board they mm -hmm. are amazing as far as being efficient with your flyers and information in your district and then if you need some help uh whether you have a communications person or you don't check out nickelstrategies.com they have one of the best teams in the country in the business doing great work and their website is really good too with some resources just like social school for edu.com is that was very enjoyable. That was well over an hour. I feel like we can do three more hours, but I know we all have social media posts to get to today. <laughs> we do. Thank you guys. Andrew, thank you so much. Matthew, always great to see you. We'll chat with you guys very soon. See you. Bye guys. Bye.